prepare yourself for invasion. This is Indian Invasion. Alright, what's happening out there? Land of the internet and weird gaming people that like to hang out with us on occasion when we ramble and talk on our podcast. Hello. <laughs> Greetings, salutations. What's happening, Eric? What's up, Mac? What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? I haven't done that in a while, so I figured I better whip that one out. And yes, welcome to Indie Invasion. Uh, we're we're up to episode fourteen here with the main show. Are Mac. we? Holy yeah. moly! I was just rolling. looking at my notes when you jumped into it to see who who had to start, but you just took the reins, man. Hey, man. Well, well then I guess then you have to close since I started. And we don't know who was supposed to. I so. will close now. Listen. So we have been sitting here for a half an hour before we even started recording the show. <laughs> Not on eBay. Just no, not on eBay. This not on Etsy. (laughs) Not on Etsy. Not on eBay. But just digging around and looking at stuff, uh, looking at other games, talking about other Mm -hmm. stuff. Really cool games that are out there that we're going to talk about eventually. But we were talking about this is not a test. We were talking about Quars War. A couple of other games from Zombie Smith Miniatures. One of them is. And I'm sorry, we're eventually going to talk about this one. So I'm just going to put that bug in your guys' ear. So yeah, it's too cool go. not to, actually. Right. Muppets in Space. Yeah. Yes, there is a skirmish game, Muppets in Space. Now, I've actually known about it for a while. I just haven't pulled the trigger on any of the models. I'm still working through my Quar, 28 millimeter Quar guys. But that's something that we'll talk about, too. As a matter of fact, we may even talk about Quar in this episode. <laughs> maybe maybe but that's not what the main thing we're talking about but what are you working on what's on your workbench Eric? oh my god what isn't i have <laughs> such a disaster of all the stuff um i've been diving into it's almost like you get uh oh, what do they call it the squirrel syndrome you know i get all these Kickstarters coming stuff, in, yeah. like Relic Blade came in, and Ooh. a couple of weeks ago you started flashing all these uh, Rumble Slam minis, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I've had some of that for a couple of years, so I got all these half started minis yes. next to me right now, yes. and I just can't seem to get them all the way done. I mean, I I can look across the way and still see Twilight um, models still almost done they're almost to the point that i can mount them on their clear bases i know man i my mine are so close I, i've i've piecemeal started them i've got probably 80 percent of my kadeshi done i've got i think i've got all my divanu done and my dogu i got like two done you know so, and it's it's bad i complain about these half done models and what am i doing you know i'm buying more <laughs> well i didn't <laughs> press the button yet but i'm looking at oh i don't have that model i maybe yep. i need to start a new faction you know whatever game <laughs> yeah I, listen the worst possible thing i can do at any given time is sit down with you to get ready to record a show oh no because I then i end up going you know what i really like that game i need to play it you know, fortunately, like we, you just said, we're on Zombie Smith's website, and all their games have PDFs, 
And I think, oh, like most of them, if not all of them, were yeah. free. So yeah. that, that at least helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps a little bit. But then you got to have the models because really, where are you going to find appropriate models for Muppets in space? No, if I not know. from the game that makes it, right? I mean, it's just not gonna, you're not going to find, you're not going to find Muppets in space otherwise. So no. I'm, I want to get that one on the table because as, as soon as I looked at it this evening while we were talking, all I could think to myself is Muppets in space versus my retro ray gun guys. Oh my gosh. That would be so fun. <laughs> so much fun. And you know what? Actually my little robot Legion would fit in seamlessly. Cause oh, heck yeah. kind of that they have, they kind of have that. Oh yeah. They have that feel that yeah, Muppet yeah. feel, you know? Uh, so yeah, the robots would fit right in there. They kind of, they all kind of remind me of beaker anyway. <laughs> exactly well and the other thing we were talking about too is uh battle reports doing battle reports so everybody that's out there in listening land i need you guys to go over to the facebook page and i need you to tell eric that he needs to go ahead and move because we can't record these battle oh, reports man. with him in illinois and me down here in south carolina and it's way nicer weather wise down well, here. You, you know like what, you have man? a you have a jacket on they also need to tell uh, this old man how to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll figure that out. We'll we'll put out some really bad battle reports at first, and we'll work our way up. I mean, hey, uh, it's a little it's a little scary to go back and listen to the first podcast too. It's so. all uphill, man. It's all that, uphill. That's right. When you start at the bottom of the mountain, there's nowhere to go but up. That's right. That's right. So yeah, that's that's kind of some stuff we've been talking about, guys, and. Um, you know, all these new games that we keep talking about or oh looking into, we spend 30 minutes looking at, you know, a new website yeah. that we kind of knew about, but, um, we have people in the discord posting pictures and mentioning, Oh, look at this and look at that. You guys should check this out. And it's like, you know, we've had people yell at us about, yeah. you know, yeah. making them spend money like, uh, Oh, who is it that likes to say that his wallet is mad at you? You can't be friends. Yeah, Todd. Todd, Todd, Todd says said that a that. lot. It's like, and he, then, <laughs> and what see what people don't understand is when they tell us about these games, we are very weak willed when it comes to that. Okay, we, we are very very weak willed. There's certain things in my life that I'm an oak. You know, I, they're just like you're not going to tempt me. I'm good. I'm like, nah, that's okay. This is not one of those things in my life. Well, yeah, I, I like to justify and say, yeah, it's it's for the podcast. It's oh, research. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We <laughs> make not. we make we make forty five dollars every six months, man. I can justify this. <laughs> uh, it's because we're collectors, right? Collectors. Sure, sure. If that's what if that's what we want to say, I mean, if that's how we justify the weak willed addiction that we have to little tiny plastic. Muppets and men and other things. Sure. I'm good with that. <laughs> we are very fortunate that we both have very understanding wives. Yes. Yeah. Who they say, what new plastic man do you have now? Well, I, I don't know if she, she's very supportive, but okay. So I used to record in our upstairs back room and I dragged everything down here because of the dogs. We got puppies and well, that didn't work out well with the puppies being alone in the room <laughs> so it's like okay well i have this room still what do i do i already moved everything downstairs i'm like i know i'm gonna set up a table and drag out my 30 year old comic book collection mm -hmm. and go through it i don't know if i need to dive into another uh yeah, hobby just, like that just put those away put those away because 
the podcast is giving you enough things to, well, to look at. Part of my motivation was because I haven't looked at the stuff in decades is uh, kind of, you know, I, that was a thing from my teenage years, sure, you know, sure. I, I taught myself to draw, read and the stuff, but I'm at that point where I'm kind of done with them, but I need oh. to go through them and see what I can part with. Some of it, I'm like, yeah, right. I'm not going to get rid of that. Right. Uh, but I have a lot that I'm like, I don't need these. Right. And the then, ones that you picked up as a kid because they had a cool cover. Or yeah. Something, yeah. I read them. Have, yeah. It was all right, but it wasn't, you know, that, that story that kind of, you know, gave you ideas and pushed you towards this right. hobby or that way. But I can roll that money into <laughs> something yes, else. Yes, you can. Well, <laughs> the other reason, the other thing that ended up, I know that made you get them out was. Uh, our good friend Cynthia over at Spectrum Games yeah. has coming this summer. Biff Bam Kapow. I was reading about that the other day. I after I sent you the link, I reread it and dove yeah. in a little bit more. I'm like, oh my god, this will be so fun with the, you. The campy 1960s <laughs> superhero television show RPG. So fun. That would be oh, so yeah. fun with you. Oh my god. Yeah, so I just want to be the the crazy bad guy with their right you know, thug one, two, three, and four, and they have their goofy nicknames, you oh, know, yeah. on their shirts. On their shirts, <laughs> yep. yep, yep. So that was probably the other thing that inspired me to pull that out is that we had talked about that because, on another note, in case you guys didn't catch it, I think we talked about it on our wednesday episode of shorts yeah one of our streams was that the new urban manhunt supplement is out in pdf you can't get it in print format yet but it is out in pdf and you can pick it up on drive through rpg and urban manhunt is cynthia and spectrum games so that yeah, was I, that was where we made that whole connection i think the end of the month or maybe in so it's may now it may be even june uh, I thought I it was, hard, yeah, hard I thought cover. it was June. Uh, Cause yeah, we need a hardcover or oh. even it might be a paperback, but hey, I, Hey man, I'll take a paperback. I yeah. just, I need, I, I gotta have the, I gotta have the new book smell. I got the whole nine yards. I gotta have that new book smell, <laughs> that new book smell. Yeah, man. So you just crack it open like this uh, as I'm yeah. holding a book up to my face right now. And yes, <sighs> Yeah, gotta get it, man. So the Urban Manhunt Companion is the newest one, and right now it's PDF only. It's ten bucks. It's got some new villains and new or new crims, new hunters in it. Yeah, a bunch of extra rules and stuff. Yeah, it's so, a good way to expand your games from the original book. And um, I, do they have a campaign rules in there? I don't remember. Um, I don't, let's see. I don't remember if that was the campaign. I'm looking at it right now. Cause I know Cynthia had a lot of stuff in the works for oh, yeah. Manhunt. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's one of those games that actually is, is a really good segue game for what we're going to be talking about tonight in that it's a game that does something that in my opinion, and there might be a million people that disagree with me, and that's okay. You can disagree with me. You're allowed to, um, and, and I'm allowed to disagree right back. But And that is that I feel like Urban Manhunt brings something really new and unique to the table, mm -hmm. at least insofar as what I've experienced. And, I, and I'd say I'm fairly well-versed in 
in skirmish games uh, and well, miniatures and stuff because I have a slight addiction. But but that segues into what collector. we're talking. Collector, collector. Yes, yes. I got I got to remember that. I got to remember <laughs> to say collector. That positive reinforcement kind of thing. Um, and the game we're talking about tonight, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Brings a very very unique element to the table. Yeah. So what the heck are we talking about? So tonight we're going to talk to. So this is a little bit of a revisit. Uh, we're going to talk about Twilight Chronicles of Enral. Um, it, we're probably going to butcher the names because oh no doubt oh no <laughs> the no, creator no doubt. Mike Thorpe. This is all from his mind. He's been working on this stuff. I think he said since we interviewed him. Yeah. Uh, since like college years, this and yeah. this was kind of like a revisit for us. We when we first started Indie Invasion, one of the first things we did is we interviewed Mike about this game. Yeah. And then I know we did feature it. We did it. Uh, we did a phantom dice, a phantom uh, dice game yep. feature of it. And we kind of did like about, it was like 10 minutes. We yeah, 10 gave minutes a game so. overview and we thought to come full circle, it'd be nice to kind of revisit it, but dive in a little bit more, you know, talk about the world a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, I think we mentioned some of the mechanics that make yeah, it unique briefly. Yep. So we go into that a little bit more and even talk about the different, I don't know if you want to call them factions in the game. They're called clans. So there's, there's definitely differences and like the forces that you can take in a game. Um, And, you know, they're, it's a very unique game. It's it's not something that I've, you know, seen out there. It's not recognizable is one of the things that I think is neat. It makes it stand out. So, but that's what we're talking about tonight. Well, hey, Eric, let's go over there we're, to the other part of the studio because we're pretending right now and okay. talk about Twilight. Okay. Can I make some <laughs> stepping sounds? Yeah, go ahead. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And we're back. No, this not yet. <laughs> All right. Let's hit it. All right, guys. This is our feature segment of this episode. Feature, feature, welcome. (laughs) And as I mentioned, this is a little bit of a revisit for us. When we started out, this was a game that we started talking about. We interviewed the creator, Mike Thorpe, and this is Twilight Chronicles of Anirol. I I think I'm saying that You got it right that time. You got it right right that time. Okay, so... Uh, be prepared. We're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna butcher the rest of them. But I've been practicing the last oh, yeah. couple of days, uh, saying some of the faction names and stuff. Oh yeah, I'm gonna butcher them too. But you're not gonna know I'm butchering because I'm gonna pretend like I'm saying them right, you're even if I'm go not. For it, huh? I am. I'm just gonna dive straight in and just be like, <laughs> that's what it says. I don't know what to tell you. That's exactly what it says. <laughs> so Mac, what is so everybody listening knows. What is the world of Twilight? We'll give a, a a kind of an overview of the world, which is very unique. This is something that makes it stand out. Oh, oh my gosh, it, it is so darn unique. So, first thing I want to say is I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of rubbing in first because we we both you can't see the video right now, but you can hear us and we can see each other. And what I'm holding up to Eric is I'm holding up my rule book. I just want you guys to know that. And he's holding up his rule book. But yep. see, I'm going to open the front page of mine. And on the front page of Wait. mine, I have an autograph from the creator. I got a Sharpie. I have an autograph from the creator in my book. See, 
<laughs> so what happened was for our first year of Coastal Con, um, and ac- actually because Indian Invasion is a year old now, we just hit a year old as a matter of fact. So yay, happy birthday to us. But for that first year, Mike was the second person we interviewed, second person we did anything with on the podcast. And I asked him if he would be willing to throw something in. I had an order anyway in for the raffle for Coastal Con. And he said, yeah, sure. What would you like? I said, well, an autographed rule book would be really cool to get out to people. That would be awesome. And he says, okay, you want me to autograph yours too? Because I see you have an order. I'm like, yes, (laughs) of course I do. That would be so awesome. So he autographed it and then put a couple of little doodles in there because he's a really awesome artist as well. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of this game comes from his doodling. Uh, yes. you know, from his mind of let's make up a I don't want to even want to call them a them people, but they're they're yeah, they're not right, but they're not recognizable creatures. They're to- it it's weird. It's like I want to call it fantasy, but it's not fantasy that we're familiar with. You know, it's not elves, it's yeah. not dwarves, it's not even dragons. Yeah, it's not that Tolkien fantasy by no, any stretch. No, it's it's and we've said this before when we first start talking about it. It's very dark crystal. You know it, how unique that was with the creatures and yeah. the the sentient. You know, peep. See, I want to say people, things, things yeah, uh, and, and in the world. And don't miss here. It's not like it doesn't get. I don't think it gives off a dark crystal vibe. It's just that that's like the nearest thing I can think of where For it's uniqueness. Yeah, it's just there. Everything is so different. There, humans don't exist no. at all. They never did. They're not a part of anything, um, and. It's just a really, really cool world. So basically, the nutshell is you had this one race, which is the Devanu, which first faction for me was the Devanu. They're, they're pretty cool. They're big and bad. Big and bad. And they had basically enslaved the other dominant race of the, this world, which is the Fubarni. And um, I'm pretty sure we're saying that one right because of when we talked to Mike. Pretty he corrected sure. us, didn't he? he, he, he <laughs> or we asked no, if we no, were he didn't correct right. us. He helped us have a better okay. understanding of the world of Anural. That's what he did. Um, and so basically, this this world was so the Devanu they had enslaved the Fubarni. Eventually, the Fubarni rise up. They take over their they they take over the position of their oppressors and the Devanu were kind of forced to the outskirts of, of everywhere, but there's still this problem because they're, they're like two to three times the size of the Fubarni. Mm-hmm. They're, they're these creatures that are just very, very hostile and they're, they're made for battle basically. And the Fubarni are kind of, they look like they're made for, for cookies. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, look, yeah. they look like they're, they're, the, they're like the little happy Muppet. You know what I mean? That, that's what they are. They're, they're not this aggressive race or anything, but they're highly industrious. Oh my gosh, I just realized what the Fubarni are. They're doozers from Fraggle Rock. Yeah. That's what they are. Like, they like building and coming <laughs> right. up with new contraptions. <laughs> right, and exactly. Whereas but, the, big, the big guys are just, they're all thumbs. That's why they were enslaved. They exactly. basically use them to build their towers and you know yep. do stuff for them because they just wanted to conquer and raid and eat 
Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And the Fubarni, uh, they're not really doozers. I'm, <laughs> that just that popped into my mind that there's a similarity <laughs> in that they're, they're, they're the perception of them. And they have their warriors. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They've definitely got their warriors. They've got a whole night culture within the world. But generally speaking, when you look at them, they're, they're non-threatening. They're very peaceful looking creatures. Yeah. And then so it made me think of the doozers. They have, they kind of, they have that Kermit the Frog face. They do. Almost. They do. They, the doozers <laughs> probably get angrier than the Fubarni do, though, because, you know, yeah. the fraggles come along eating their stuff. But I always wondered what that tasted like. Man, I am way digressing. Anyway, I, I, I always thought like rock candy. Yeah, rock candy or, or straight <laughs> sugar. That's why they were always bouncing around. Anyway, yeah. Fraggle Rock, if you haven't seen it, go by the DVD set. Oh, we're getting fun. old. Yeah, we're getting old. We're getting old. <laughs> But that's kind of the setting in a nutshell. And the, the Fubarni themselves are divided up into these subsects, um, which just allow you variety in, in what yeah, you can bring to the table. Their leaders are basically like leaders of their clan, and they have their own right. providences in, they call it the empire. So yep. they can be, you know, in the far north, far south, or different parts of the, the world. Yeah, so I mean, you've got like the Delgon and the Dogu. Those are two of the alternative people groups mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of the Fubarni Empire. And what it what is it for you that jumped out? I'm going to ask you first when when you discovered it, and then I'm going to. Well, it was weird. It so I remember when we first uh, started looking at this, and um, this was one of the games that you're like, "Hey, you got to check this game out." And I, this this was one of your usual, "You got to check this game out." <laughs> and your so, your strong will, you resisted, it, right? Well, I did for a long time because <laughs> I was looking for something in it that what what makes this game unique, what jumps out to me. Because at first glance, the models were like, "Okay, yeah, they're kind of they're different." And then I started looking into some of the mechanics and that I think is what got me to second look at it. Really? The mechanics were so different from anything, any tabletop, you know, miniatures game that I've played that I, I thought it was really neat in the fact that, okay, yeah, you only have maybe a couple models. And for the most part, people would think, oh, that's not going to be a very long game, but that's kind of the point. Right. But because of the certain mechanics for when you're actually you know, playing against either one other person or it could be a couple people too, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, it has some strategy of when you're rolling the stones to see if you're going to hit your opponent, there's got strategy. How many am I going to put in there? Am I going to hold a right. couple back, right. um, you know, for, for f- further turns? So it does kind of have that press your luck. And then, yeah, through that, I'm looking at the miniatures and their stats and thinking, okay, this guy's a nice guy for just support. Take him for support. Right. He adds something to your your other guys. Um, but I I think then I dove into the stuff that was really different. So the Kasani is what jumped out to me because right. they're all your uh, almost tribal. You know, yeah. they they weren't in a city. They lived in the, the wildlands and right. with the creatures, which I thought was neat, was how unique the creatures were. Uh, they didn't have lions and tigers and, and I mean, bears. No, yeah, no bears. <laughs> I, they're, they resemble more like dinosaurs in a way, but yeah. with hair. Some of them have hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're super cool. And now that's funny that you say that because initially the rules put me off 
Okay. Because because sometimes I'm a creature of habit, and when when there were and you if for those who listen regularly, you've heard me say this before. When you bring a game to me that doesn't use my dice, I, I, my initial perception is, oh, uh, uh-uh. now to to be fair. I'm pretty good at giving a game a chance that doesn't have dice. Um, mm-hmm. But my initial perception is always, ooh, mm, I really like rolling dice. I don't think I like this. So for me, when I saw it, I saw the models and I was just like, wow, this is like nothing I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Even even when you start looking at some of the, sci- say you look at sci-fi models, right? So when you do a sci-fi model, you can kind of do whatever you want. You know, yeah. oh, I'm going to give him 14 arms and six legs and three nostrils and, and one gun coming out the back of his head. You know what I mean? So you can do all that crazy stuff with sci-fi, but this was like, I, I kind of don't even know how to s- describe it, but it was, it was such a unique model without being that kind of crazy over the top, whatever you want to do sci-fi thing. It, yeah. it kept that kind of, and like I mentioned, it's not your traditional fantasy either. I mean, you think of right. fantasy, you got your barbarians with their swords or your bowmen. This is a little bit different. It's almost lower tech. You know, yeah. yet they do have some uh, of those those weapons, but I, I they don't have swords, do they? I know spears are. Uh, there's a lot of spears. They do. I'm, I'm pretty they sure slings. they have like they're, they're, they they're definitely have rocks slingers. at you. The Fubarni have slingers. I actually have some. And uh, I like the, that low-tech. And I like that the, they, the Devanu tend to use their claws and bone yeah. stuff because they're just I'm they're they're I guess if you could parallel it, they're kind of like a, a velociraptor or an alligator. You know, they're they're a perfect weapon. Yeah. So they don't need all of that other stuff. But generally they're they're equipped with spears and i guess if i was a fubarni and i had to fight a big giant du- uh devanu i wouldn't really want a sword either i would want a spear to keep him as far keep away far from away. me as i could well and i like that they they kind of use the beast of burden too in the game you know oh so you, gosh, you, you're so cool you think kind of that low tech where uh, they're riding these mounted beasts into battle. You know, I think that's kind of neat. Uh, it's not a horse, but it's something it's that they can ride on. <laughs> definitely not a horse. Definitely not a horse. Um, you know, you said no swords, and I, I think you're right. I, I can't recall seeing a sword in no, anybody's they got hand. Shields and spears. Shields, spears, axes. There's uh, pickaxes, halberds. There's even some uh, primitive firearms that one of yeah. the one of the factions is developing but uh yeah I, I can't say that i recall that and and i think the other thing that attracted me is the civilians the fact that there are so much billion models made yes and for the people that have listened for a while when you can make a model that is just exploding with character that makes me look at it and go man i suck at painting but i want to paint that anyway yeah, that's just because they have so much character into them. Yeah. That, like you want to know, OK, what's this guy's story? Uh, he's he's a trader of some kind. He's a merchant. Right. And you're looking, you know, where is he from? You know, he's, he's here in this city, you know, selling this or that. And um, yeah, that narrative interesting is so interesting. The the background of just one character like that. That's yeah. 
it, it's just, it's really, really neat. I, if nothing else, if nothing else, go over and check out the models. So you, you can, if you're creative, you can kind of insert them into whatever you want. I mean, if you're playing an yeah. RPG, you could definitely use them as some sort of race that you want to play in a game. I like to put them on the table, especially the traders, when I play the Drowned Earth. Because, I mean, come on, the Drowned Earth has talking monkeys and talking lizard men and all this other stuff. Why can't they have little tiny Fubarni and Devanu dudes running around that already look like dinosaurs? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you just throw them on the table to help tell whatever story it is you're telling. And they are, anyway, that's what attracted me. Definitely okay. not the rules. But then I played. And what did you think of the play? I mean, like I, like I said, that was one of the things that kind of drew me in and made me take a second look and see what the models were more about. Um, I, I, the drawing from the bag really you know, fascinated me because you're basically drawing these stones. Each person has six stones in their color, right? Your activation counters. And it could be your opponent draws two of those. So they get to, you know, activate two models in a row, but then there's a stone in there that basically ends the turn. So you might not, you know, get to move right. all right. your so models. The, so you, so you load up the bag with uh, your counters your alternating count counter colors. So Eric's colors and then my colors. And then you drop in the wonderful combat stones uh, or combat tokens. And combat isn't actually initiated until one of those comes out. So Eric yeah. draws his counter. He gets to go. He draws another one of his counters. He gets to go again. He draws another one of his counters. He gets to go again. Then if we drew two combat counters, after that, that turns then, now over and I yeah. never went. Now, the way that they mitigate, or I say they, I guess maybe maybe Mike's daughter Lexi helps him with the rules. So, okay, the way, <laughs> the way Mike mitigated that in the rules, I thought was really cool. And that is a lot of the characters have like command abilities. Mm -hmm. So I could draw my one activation counter and I could activate my leader who could use his ability to activate a beast master. The beast master could subsequently use his ability to activate whatever beasts I've brought with me. And I could essentially activate my entire army on that first token. And that's where you were talking about that. You know, you're kind of taking a chance. Yeah. Do you want to move all your dudes up first? Do you want to kind of wait and see if you get another opportunity? Do you want to yep. do that chain activation? What do you want to do? And when I did that, I was like, oh, wow, that it really, makes, really you, makes you think. Yeah, it makes you think yeah. of how, how far do I want to push my luck? Like you right. said, do I want to hold back and see what my opponent does to get that better position uh, for right. when maybe that combat stone does come out? Right. And then when the combat stone does come out, then you get to the point where I was really like, oh, uh -uh, I need some dice. What the heck's <laughs> going on? But... But this was done, I thought, in a really cool way. So you have your combat stones, and you have two different types. You've got the Iraq and the Oron. So the Iraq is your offensive, that's your attack, and the Oron is your defensive. And whenever, if Eric attacks me, he has a pool of them to choose from. 
mm-hmm. and he can make some of them defensive, some of them offensive, but I don't know what he's choosing. Yeah. And I do the same thing to defend. I choose, say I get five stones, then I can choose three attack stones, two defense stones. I can choose all defense stones, whatever I want to do. And then we throw those stones and they only have a mark on one side. So if they land with the mark up, that basically that's, that's your, that's your hit or your defense, your whatever it is, your success. Thing. There you go. The good word right there. Your <laughs> success. That's the good word. Um, and the only time you use a die is when you make a toughness save to see if basically you shrug off that wound. Yeah. yeah. And when I threw those, I was like, wow. It's, it's simple too. It's just, they yeah. cancel each other out. Yep. And I think it's neat too. Then it just throwing them once you're not done. Cause then you have characters that have abilities yep. or points that let you re-roll them or yep. add more type of thing. Um, I thought that was kind of neat. Yep. I just, I really felt like it made me think and that's, that's not to belittle any of the other games that, you know, all of them make you think in a different way, but Mm -hmm. it was almost like this was, it was just, everything about it was so different and so appealing. It was worth giving a shot. Now, does that turn people off sometime being different? Yeah, I think so. Because I think, I think creatures, like you say, we're creatures of habit. We're creatures of habit. And, we we like that i hate to say sameness because i don't mean for it to sound bad about games that have similar mechanics mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm a big fan of a game that has similar mechanics because i could pick up one game and if something is similar i can get it on the table and have a great oh, yeah. understanding of the game quickly yeah but every once in a while it's it's really nice to get that thing that makes you go okay it's been a long time since i had to sit down and read a rule book and and really go okay. Well, let me let me figure out how this works. Be, just because there's so much familiarity when you play a bunch of different skirmish games, so yeah. I think that that's an element of it that I ended up liking a mm-hmm. lot. And I think that the whole once all things are said and done, you determine how many hits that go through, and the defender has to roll against. Uh, uh, you roll that d6 against his uh, toughness. Yep. Uh, I think it's very, very simple, straightforward. And, you know, it's, it's not hard to figure out where, you know, if he survives or not. And if, if he fails that role, well, he, he's gone. You pull off. There's not like a gazillion wounds that you got to put on a, you know, a stat card or put tokens or markers or, you know, whatever to keep track of his health. It's, it's kind of that you got to hit. And then if you hit, does he survive it or not? So I think it's kind of straightforward that way. It, it reminds me of, uh, I guess you could go either way on what it reminds you of when, when I say this, but the, the speed and fury of the game is to give everybody something to identify it with it relic blade the, yeah. just the speed and the fury of it. I mean, it, it's, it's basically it's balls to the wall and yeah. it, it's, it, it's violent it's, and it's over quick. So it plays fast. It plays fun. It's, it's that, it's that fast and furious battle. And I just love that because you could much like relic blade, you, you could probably play a campaign of yeah, three or four games in uh, you know, a big afternoon with your game club or, or whatever, you know, if you had six or seven, six, six, seven, eight guys playing, you could all get, 
two or three games in easily for a campaign and tell yourself a nice little story. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they do have a lot of scenarios, just like many skirmish games. Yeah. They have scenarios in hit in here that are like objective. They have your typical objectives, but it's very narrative rich in, oh, in yeah. the scenarios and in the rule book, their basic rule book, there are actually campaign stuff. So you can yep. do a bunch of these linked scenarios to, you know, together, like you said, in an afternoon uh, and tell a story, which is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of that narrative uh, that kind of backs up, you know, the mechanics. Yeah. It backs up the models themselves, like why why they have this stat or this ability. And flavor wise, it really gets you into, you know, whatever force that you use, um, whether you're the knights that defend the empire or the, Fubar, it, the mighty Fubarni. Yeah. Or if you're the, 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 the you know, the, the bad Vanu. guys, the Vanu. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 bad. It's a matter of perspective. All they want to do is hunt and eat. That's <laughs> all they want to do. <laughs> You say that like that's a bad thing. <laughs> they don't want, they don't care about progress. Well, that's what the Fubarni are for. <laughs> well, they did use them to build them towers to See? basically See? look out over their land and say, that's mine. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, one of the other things that was that I found really appealing about the game was Mike's artwork yeah. and the uniqueness of the structure. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but if you go over to the Twilight Facebook group, and join that group. There's a guy who regularly builds uh, Twilight yeah, terrain, right. and it is so just unique and and neat in flavor and structure. It, it's not. It's it's just not what you're typically seeing on the table. So, for instance, if you were to if you were to walk into a gaming hall at a convention and see a little two by two table set up for Twilight. It would be the table that caught your eye because it would stick out like a sore thumb because it would be so different than everything else. Yeah, their cities are basically like what, like almost like a white stucco, yeah. you know, uh, and cylinder type, cylinder. Yeah, cylinder type buildings and stuff. And they're kind of incidentally, incidentally, if you have a Dollar Tree near you, they sell these really cool cylindrical boxes that make oh, great perfect for this great buildings for twilight i built a big batch of them that i have set up that nicely fills up a two by two table and again like i said it's just it it's got a it's it's massive amounts of eye candy on the table it, yeah. it really is uh it's a game that i am really 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 want to get demoed at our convention at coastal con but I got to have somebody to run it and I, I would run it, but somehow running a convention seems to take away my time and ability yeah. to be able to run a game. <laughs> so I don't really have the time to. So if you happen to plan, happen to be planning to come to coastal con in 2022 and would like to run a twilight demo, hit us up at IndieInvasion at gmail.com and um, pick up a copy of the rule book. So you're ready to go. I'll yeah. bring the minis in the table. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good overview of twilight. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, visit world of twilight.com. 
Um, check ton out of their... fluff on there too. Ton yeah, a lot of, of fluff. Because Mike's constantly working working on stuff. It, this is his his like his passion project. He's yep. been working on it so long, and you know he's he's really gotten stuff right on this because he's you know worked on it forever and you know had a lot of help figuring stuff out. But check it out on worldoftwilight.com. You can see some of the models on there. Uh, some all the fluff. So a lot of the artwork actually too, which is kind of what I I think is a big standout for this game uh, that the the game is based around is all his artwork, uh, his doodles. And then um, I think next time uh, we're going to kind of dive into some of the clans a little bit, maybe describe them a little bit more. Yeah. Flesh them out so you can see the variety, uh, some of the differences, because there's a lot of differences in this. There is. I mean, it's, yeah, it's all the same race, but they're very different. They're very almost not to compare it, but you think medieval, you know, and their yeah. territories and uh, it's the same empire, but they kind of bicker a little bit, you know, yeah. over that territory. Uh, and, so that's kind of interesting. And again, that's another one of the flavor things is Mike does sculpting as well of the models. And even though when you're playing the empire, all the Fubarni are all Fubarni. Mm-hmm. You put them on the table. You can tell who's who. Yeah. You, you can tell who is a Dogu, who's a Delgon, who are the regular Fubarni. You, you can tell them apart very, because they're very distinctive. Yeah. Very distinct themes uh, behind them. Uh, whether like, yeah, I mentioned before knights, whether they're knights or just tribal type ones. The, so, Kadesh, the Kadeshi are the best. The best. Well, they're, they're, the, they're most the best. best. They're the most mysterious. They're still. the most. They're the most bestest. The That's most right bestest. there. I'm throwing a double superlative at you there. They're the most bestest. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be even the most bestest when I get them all painted. <laughs> yeah, I feel that pain. So, but check those out, guys, and uh, we'll talk more about Twilight in the next episode. Yes, we will. Scooby Doo out. You gotta do it like this though. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, time for the Phantom Dice segment. And I don't know if we've actually put this out there anyway, but we actually have a logo for the Phantom Dice segment. We need to throw that up somewhere. I don't know if we have that up anywhere, do we? We do not. Oh, we need to get that up somewhere. We yeah, need we'll have stickers. to put that up. Some Phantom Dice stickers, because yeah. Phantom Dice is where we do our very best to convince you to join us in this crazy adventure that we're on to buy every skirmish rulebook on the planet, apparently. Yeah. That, is apparently, that is apparently our goal in life. So today, it's my turn to bring a game to your attention, if you are not aware of it. And the game I am going to bring, well, I'm going to tell you, Eric, (laughs) I I am going to let you know, my friend, what we have is from Zombie Smith Miniatures. And surprisingly, here's probably the biggest surprise. It is in the United States. Because as as you guys know, usually we're like, yeah, it's, you know, on the moon, the manufacturer on the moon. Yeah, with the way shipped. Shipping is lately. It takes forever to get here. Yeah, it's like, hey, so we found this great game from a writer. He's on Pluto, and uh, it's not a planet anymore, apparently, but <laughs> he's created a game. It's called Pluto is a Planet. No, I'm kidding. All right, no, this is from Zombie Smith Miniatures, and this game is called Quar's War. Okay. 
Now, there's a few different versions because it comes in several scales. So it's a 50, well, I don't want to say several, comes in two scales. You can play it in 15 mil, big wards, or you can play it in 28 mil and skirmish. My bad, it's not 15 millimeter, it's six millimeter and 28 millimeter. Hmm. For me, I'm a 28 millimeter guy. I just like that scale. And his 28 millimeter skirmish is called Songs of Our Ancestor. Okay. Now, the rule set is great. The, re- the reason it attracted me is because it is the Song of Blades and Heroes rule set. And I know that rule set like the knob on the back of my head. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've, I've played Song of Blades and Heroes for a long time. It's an easy rule set. It's a fast rule set. But this is what appealed to me. This is just, an, this is just a day of crazy, wacky kind of games. Yeah, this kind of goes with Twilight a little it bit. Totally oh, goes, it totally goes along with Twilight. And so what this is, is this whole alternate world, completely different, no humans, again, at all to be found. And it's a World War I setting. So you've got these soldiers, they've got like, um, they're not even, they're almost muskets. They're okay. not, yeah, they're almost muskets. There's sort of this mix, really. And so you got these doughboys, but they're anthropomorphic anteaters. So the whole the whole game, they're all anteaters. They're all anteaters. <laughs> and they are just the <laughs> coolest freaking models, man. Uh, I absolutely love them. They're fantastic. And like I said, it's a Song of Blades and Heroes rule set. So it's a simple D6 system. Okay. It's really, really fast to play. If you've played... So for anybody out there that may not be familiar with that specific Song of Blades and Heroes, that rule set has been used in Deep Wars, Shadow Sea, Fear and Faith, uh, just a ton, ton of books. It's it's kind of like the flight path system that X-Wing used and Attack Wing used. It's oh, yeah. a, kind of a generic rule set. Okay. It's got, oh my gosh, everybody knows I'm a narrative guy. It has got a ton. When I say a ton, I mean, you're going to spend a good amount of time reading all free on the website, the fluff. There you go. I mean, I mean, it is flat out loaded. You're going to be, I made the mistake. I stumbled on the fluff for the game on my phone and I made the mistake of trying to read it on my phone. And I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm holding the phone right up to my face because there's just, so much of it just so much and to my understanding this is a one-man operation sculpting Hmm. rules uh not sure not sure if he gets the artwork done or not uh but it, it is a really cool game and much like twilight it also has that we had mentioned in twilight those that unique architecture well, this has a unique architecture as well in the mm. world. It's got these crazy, silly looking tanks. And I- I'm telling you, what you need to do is go over to Zombie Smith Miniatures okay. and just cruise around because a good portion of the rules that he has are free to download in PDF so that you can check them out. But I'm going to segue that with there's some other stuff that we're going to talk about that if you pop over to Zombie Smith Miniatures, you will see. And some of that stuff is Project ah, Muppets in Space. <laughs> That's right. I just said Muppets in Space. So we're going to be checking that out. And I think, I believe 
we're going to reach out to Josh, who is the main man, the big boss, the head cheese, or would he be the head anteater? Head anteater, yeah. Head anteater over at Zombie Smith Miniatures and see if we can't sit down and talk to him. So that is what I have is Quar's War, Songs of Our Ancestors. Check it out if you like a simple, fast game with some really neat models. I'd encourage you to go give it a look. The models are just, I can't say enough about how neat the models are. They're just some of those models that you look at and you're like, I don't have anything like that in my collection. So it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely worth checking out. Easy rules, fast play, smaller rule books. Uh, they're not real big. This, uh, this one I have here about 120 pages or so it's not a, a lot of models one. not a lot not, of models not for either. this not for this version of it okay. for the song of our ancestors that is the skirmish version of it there is the you can play full war table you know okay. you can you can basically do a world war one historical with anteaters uh <laughs> but but yeah so for me the part of it that i that i'm going after is the skirmish part so there you go kids zombie smith miniatures songs of our ancestors go buy your copy today old classic all right mac today i have an old one for our flashback uh, an oldie but a goldie we were both still around <laughs> but oh. i think i was a a poor poor young man that couldn't afford these big box games oh. Oh, yeah. I was a poor airman at the time. So, well, today, what I dug up for us to talk about is a game called Battle Masters made in 1992 by Milton Bradley with a kind of a partnership development with Games Workshop. Way back in 1992. So, and the cool <laughs> thing is this was actually, in a way, I, I don't know if you call it a sequel, but it was by the same people that made Hero Quest, which we've talked about before. So, yeah, has some of the similarities to Hero Quest. And basically, this was on the box that says Epic Game of Fantasy Battles. Come on, it's saying it right there Epic Games, right? You got to play right. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I know with... this game was an early intro for a lot of people to what basically simulated the type of battles you saw in Warhammer fantasy. So right. it's, it's similar to that, but it had much simpler mechanics. Um, do you remember this game? I mean, I vaguely do. Um, I remember it. Um, I never played it because I, I couldn't afford anything in a big box. Yeah. yeah I, was, I mean, this, I had this to buy posted, individual blister packs. I, I think this posted a hundred miniatures in it and yeah. they were, Oh, I think they were like two, three piece, like snap it together and um, well most of them were, were were just snap onto the base yeah just snap it onto like yeah, a, just a single a big, piece big grid beast type thing because it was like little um regiments yeah some so of you, them. you were it was just uh i think some of the the goblin wolf riders may have been the bodies may have been snapped together yeah, but they were some of the old, just just old single piece old old school. And yeah, I mean they they this was very yeah it was simplified. I mean you had like moving trays with a bunch of dudes yeah. on it. It was uh I think it was a four and a half foot mat 
that was big, like hex yeah, big grid. vinyl big vinyl mat so like, you didn't measure like giant hero scape <laughs> yeah move from hex to hex but i thought it was neat uh the the description on the back of this box so uh just to sum it up battle masters is a fantasy miniatures battle game by milton bradley partnership with games workshop the sizable game box comes stuffed stuffed with tons of plastic Stuff. miniatures, a deck of combat cards, and some dice. Players move and fight armies based upon what card is turned over from the deck. Combat is held on a very large, very large vinyl mat, four and a half foot square. And then back of the box, they're boasting, welcome to the world of Battle Masters, the yes. epic game where you command mighty armies locked in a legendary conflict of good versus evil. The no, noble Imperial Army, man, I am tongue-tied tonight. <laughs> the noble Imperial Army is ready to meet the forces of chaos. You and your opponent must strategically guide 25 army units featuring over 100 finely detailed figures across a gigantic four-and-a-half by five-foot battle mat. Beware, <laughs> ditches, marshes, river fords, and the great border tower lie before you i like that the great border tower is just like one tower that sits in the middle of the map yeah <laughs> i think it's i think it's funny that they talk about the finely detailed models because the truth is uh painted up right some of the models good. yeah some of the models still look pretty dang good and you have to remember that that was pretty impressive because too well yeah i mean e even then the the molds that they were using I, I don't know if this is truth or not but it looks like they were the injected plastic yeah probably uh, yeah i mean i'm just guessing i don't know anything about casting or or anything like that but they were still pretty good models if you think yeah. about it i mean come on for those of you well, guys I, who've I been with us for a long time like the old ral partha and grenadier yeah. ones that were just they were awful. I think at that time, some of these these molds showed up in the regular Games Workshop fantasy line. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So they were pretty much just, you know, they just made them a little simplified for like your some your person just getting into that type of game as an intro into, you know, your your yeah. epic war type game. I love this part of the, the little spiel they give to the the battle unfolds as each turn of battle card tells you which army units can move and which can attack. So that's kind of neat with the deck of cards. Will your army be victorious or will your opponent destroy you? Who will survive the battle and win the game? The fate of the empire is decided by you. Oh, you, yeah. The battle master. There you go. <laughs> makes the you battle play, right? master, right? <laughs> Come on, let's break out a copy. I would, I would be terrified to see how much finding a complete copy of that game would be uh, okay so i did look you know me i gotta you look did? on uh -oh. your, your favorite place so on ebay i saw them going for anywhere from 186 dollars up to close to 300 bucks well i gotta say if you were really looking for it 180 ish bucks with for what a, with what boxed games cost the, yeah. these days that's that's not too terrible if you were going after it for a, as a collector mm -hmm. something that you had back in 92 that i think if if you're a 
gamer family. Okay. And you have young kids and you know, you're, you're a war gamer and you want to kind of get your kids into it. Something like this, which we really don't have now. I mean, yeah. Games workshop is doing their model now where, you know, you can get underworlds and then you can move up to the next level and then the next level, you know, to slowly do that slow grow kind of thing. But this is like all in one box. You know, it's, I think it's, the mechanics are simple enough that um, introducing this to one of your kids where they get to decide tactically what they're doing and then based on the card, you know, yeah, it's random. You're flipping a card. Sure. And then it also has the randomness of the dice because you are rolling dice, but it's very simplified. It's like you hit or miss type of thing. And the stats are based, they basically tell you, oh, roll three dice, roll four dice, you know, very simple type stuff. Right. And, and it also wasn't, um, it wasn't something you had to grow. Yeah. So it, it was just, it was an it was intro. To, it was a board game. Yeah. So everything intro was, to Warhammer is what I saw it as. You yeah, know? absolutely. And it was just, that was it. It was, here's the box. This is it. You don't need anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you played it like that. So there was no growth that you had to do. So that was nice. And it, it it's neat that it, if people were familiar with the more popular hero quest, this one used very similar tokens and the dice were kind of the same that in hero quest. So they kind of had that familiarity already. So right. at, at that time, it was an easy jump for people to go into that. And the other neat thing I thought uh, going into our, you know, your war games is their instruction booklet. Very familiar with what we have now, whereas a campaign structure that it had different scenarios. Each one had its own setup for right. when you're putting your guys on the, the map. And I think the first couple of them, they tell you, okay, put your guys here. But later on in those those scenarios, they kind of let you do what you want with the setup. Put put your right. guys wherever you wanted and see what happened. Um, and then based on whoever won, they had a little chart in there. It's like, okay, you won this one. Well, you get one point you know, one point, two points. So a very basic, simple campaign. So yeah. it was great to introduce kids to that too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and you wouldn't uh, lose your mind letting your kids paint one of them. I mean, I let my kids paint my fancy ones, but you know, it's kind of nice if you just give them a big handful of not quite as fancy ones and just let them go to town. That's yeah. what I do with my kids with hero clicks. I'm like, here, here's a giant box of hero clicks. Paint them all. They probably probably paint them better than what they did back then. <laughs> oh, look here! My, I, I promise you, my kids can get the eyes in a better spot than the old hero clicks. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's our game, our flashback game for this episode, guys. Was Battle Masters. Uh, if you guys remember this, have played it, own it. I know somebody that likes going on eBay and buying stuff. I don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> you need to back up. I am not on eBay right now at well, all. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> I see your eyes going. <laughs> hey, but hey, that's, I, I that's Battle listen, Masters, guys. I'm, I was looking at Man of War. Thank you very much. Mm, okay, okay. The <laughs> the other again, Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. like looking at. But that's our game for the, this episode, guys. Uh, let us know if you've had experience with this one. On If you have any suggestions, send us a message. Let us know. Or um, if you still have it and want to bring it to Coastal Con so we can play go. it next year, that'd be cool, too. 
Yeah, that's actually something I think I've mentioned before is I want to start an event there that's our flashback games and we can play Thunder that's Road. A great and idea. This one would be a lot of fun, I think. That, uh, that would be that would be cool. And we'll be in a big space this year. So we'll, it's going to or not this year, but next year. So back hmm. in a big space because no COVID. So we'll be back in a big space. Things to make a note of, right? Things to make a note of. I bet you know what? I just need to go ahead and break out my Coastal Con notebook again. So start yeah, writing, start making some notes. I'm still waiting for my friend Mary to make me an official. Oh yeah, I got Coastal a, Con notebook. Well, she's got that new uh, cricket cutter I, thing that makes all kinds of stuff. I know. So. Get on it, Mary. Come on. <laughs> well, what else do we got today's episode for? Do we got news? We got some we, news, right? We do have some news. We have some interesting news. So we got a couple Kickstarters that we've been keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. One is you know, from Kickstarters. Oh yeah. One is from a person that we really like the game, which is Dave Phipps. And that is Pulp Alley. He's got a Kickstarter up right now. And what I really like about that particular one is that now there's a starter box. Yeah, yeah I know COVID really uh, pumped the brakes on this project for him. He was going to do this like a year ago. Right. Um, but just with everything and printing cost and shipping and stuff last year, he was like, I'm going to wait, going to wait, going to wait. But yeah, the starter box, you know, you have stuff. I don't. Right. So I'm... You know, anybody wanting to jump into this, this is a perfect thing. I think it was like um, uh, 80 bucks for that pledge level. Well, I'll tell you, the thing is, is when I first got into Pulp Alley and there wasn't the starter box, you kind of had to dig around on the website and figure out, oh, okay, because they, there's these decks of cards yeah. that that go along with what you're doing. I was like, well, okay, what ones do I need? What ones do I not and need? And it's a lot do of I flux. have to have this one. Right. Yeah, adventure, basically like adventure modules. Yeah. And actually having said that, that's the first time it's occurred to me like that, but it is kind of like an old D and D adventure module. That's mm-hmm. really what you're getting. There's decks of cards that go with it. And I just, I just didn't know what I needed to start. And on a totally shameless coastal con plug fingers crossed, it was COVID that kept pulp alley away from our demo games at coastal con this past year. But hopefully our friend, Steven Smith, who lives about an hour from where I am, he came for the first coastal con and ran some pulp alley. So hopefully he'll be back too. And there'll be starter boxes. Yeah. Yeah. The starter boxes on the Kickstarter, $85. You get basically everything you need to go. You get, I think you get the rule book, you get miniatures. I know you get stat cards for them. You get some of the scenarios. You basically everything you would need to get going in the game. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's really neat. And if you like what it is, because it's it's pulp style. It's 30s, 40s adventure. Good guys versus bad guys. Like I think the models that come in there are kind of like your Indiana Jones type characters versus yeah. you know the 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 typical bad guys with their hired goons yeah. um but the game itself you can get into like the shadow and the phantom and um they have like your i can't remember does he have nazis and stuff like that in, oh in, oh yeah there's okay. there's all you can do just about anything you can so do the horror all of your, genre if you want oh yeah all of your typical bad guys are in there you can do the the nazi zombies uh you That's can right. do zombies too yeah um yep. You could do the uh, like the 
the desert bandits, sky pirates, all kinds yep. of things like that. And your, your crew is called your league. So kind of like your league of extraordinary gentlemen, if you will, or yeah. ladies, because my league, which sadly has only ever seen the table once because I don't have anyone to play Pulp Alley with, is led by William West, slapper of villains. <laughs> and uh, and his... you got the, uh, I, I like this little league he's got in the starter is that it has a mascot that's a chimpanzee. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and then uh, well, I would see. I wasn't even done. See, and then I have Candace Goodhart. Candace Goodhart is uh, William West, slapper of villains, right hand. Got So you get to come up with all that kind of silly, yeah, it fun, is fun kind of stuff. So yeah, that's that's the other neat thing about the game is you can create your own characters. He has a system for for doing that and be a little silly with them too. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, what's the other one you got there? You got so another the Kickstarter? Kickstarter we have was one that um, I, we watched for a while and I dove into it during Christmas time. They had a Christmas sale, but that's Moonstone mm-hmm. and Moonstone. So what their Kickstarter actually is, is I wrote down some notes for this. And it so, has not launched yet. Is that correct? Moonstone Kickstarter is launching. No, at this time of recording, it's not. It's not launched yet. It's launching June fifth, and 5th. it's called the Arising Expansion Book. So, basically, this is going to be a a new campaign setting book that to expand the core book, and it comes with a deck of cards, ten new scenarios. Nice. Um, it adds to. You know, it's a story basically that you're adding to it. Right. Um, and I believe that one is, like I said, it's just for a book. So it's not super expensive. And I do think they are releasing some new figures in the Kickstarter to expand the factions that they have. Comes, I think there's going to be an exclusive one cool. through the Kickstarter, which is kind of neat. So that one, like I said, is June 5th. It's just going to, it's going to expand onto the, the rule book that they currently have and just give you, you know, more scenarios to play through. And there's some really, really cool models yeah. in yeah. the Moonstone line. So if you're, if you're like us and you're kind of into those weird, obscure, but still really neat models, I'd encourage you to check out Moonstone. They have some really kind of tongue in cheek, campy, but really cool. And I don't have any, you have some of them, don't you? Yeah. I bought the, I got a Christmas bundle that came with the starter set back in December. That's right. And, um, pretty good quality, right? Yeah. yeah, The quality of the miniatures are really, they they had that whiz, whiz. I can't say it. My tongue's not working. They had that realistic look, but kind of cartoonish in a way too. Whimsical was that what Whimsical. you were looking for? That's the word I was looking for. It just I did found not it. want to come I out. I found it. <laughs> um, so yeah, there the detail on the models. I I think a lot of people jump into the game because I know the game is very straightforward um, and interesting. The possibilities for modeling, you know, for hobbying, right? With the miniatures is just fantastic. Like I. I so want to get some of their their forest fae type um, right. factions yeah, that yeah. they have because they have the fairies and they have well they have a jackalope that's like as big as an ogre that I well, just yeah I, of course I, I had to get that but so that's that's another Kickstarter getting ready yeah. to start June fifth and at time of recording the one actually for pulp alley is going already it's been yep, going twenty four days a, left yeah it's going for about a week he already funded. 
So he's way over, way over where he wanted to be. Well, on a different note for, since you're talking about a Kickstarter that is starting, there's one that should be delivering Mm. next month, hopefully. Okay. And that is the drowned earth. So I'm excited about that because if you've been listening for any amount of time, you guys know, I went all in with the gene splicer pledge and was I got to design a model for the drowned earth. And I am super, super excited about getting that model and posting pictures and painting and just all kinds of awesome stuff that I just can't wait to do. Yeah. I can't even remember what I put into my pledge manager for that. I know I got like the, the core stuff, the box and all that, but I don't remember what miniatures I got. Uh, at all i don't know i know i, I got know. two dinosaurs but that's all i can remember i got two yeah. of the big big ones because i figured yeah. a nice thing with their stuff when they they do these kickstarters is eventually it's all in their store yes. um you know nothing's exclusive it's just a matter of time when they go mass market yeah and i think that that's i think that that's huge yeah yeah so, so if you miss out on the kickstarter or just financially especially this last year we had uh, you yeah. couldn't do it at that time. Well, you you can get it eventually. So yeah, and we're we're hopeful that we will still deliver on time because I think so. Yeah, I mean he he has James hasn't said anything to the contrary. So we just we are just waiting patiently. Yep. Well, some of us aren't being so patient, but you know that's just <laughs> that's just because I have a bit of a vested interest there. But well, what's some of the some of the other news stuff that we were talking about is we were contacted by a gentleman from a company called Precinct Omega, and his name is Roby. And some of you guys probably already play the game because it looks pretty cool. And I know that Ash has done at least one video, mm-hmm. so that means a bazillion people have been exposed to the game because Ash did a video on Gorilla Miniatures. But that's Horizon Wars. Yeah, of course, we're diving in, looking into it. Yeah, definitely, because it's an independent game developer, but he's got a new one coming out, which is Horizon Wars Infinite Dark, which is a space combat game. Yeah. And I I like, I really like space combat games. I love Battlestar Galactica, the one that Eris Games just put out, well, not just put out, but recently put out, but got discontinued. That was probably my favorite, even over... Star Trek Attack Wing, which is my second favorite, and X-Wing, just because it brings in some of that real space combat where you can actually be moving forward and turning your ship while you're still moving forward Yeah, because you've still got that inertia carrying your vessel. So there's all kinds of really cool stuff in that game. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Infinite Dark is all about. But is that what the else? only thing he does? No, he does a skirmish, sci-fi skirmish game also. So he's got a couple things in that company uh, on all different levels. These are all kind of in the same universe, which is kind of neat. Yeah, so you have your, you know, you can have your little troop of warriors battling on a planet. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, go up to the big the big guys, you know, out yeah, in space. So, so. Yeah, so there's Horizon Wars Zero Dark. I'm getting them mixed up because we've just been reading over everything. But Zero Dark is the skirmish level one, 28 millimeter skirmish level yep. one. And then the straight Horizon Wars game, that's where you're basically 
kind of battle tech in it. You got tanks yeah. and big old stompy robots. But the cool thing about it is it's BYOM, bring yep. your own minis. Yeah. So you can bring whatever you have. If you have stuff from the Robotech RPG tactics game that you're obviously not using, you can use them in this game. You got some old Battletech miniatures. Or like me, I've got a ton of the old Mech Warrior tanks, the Mech Warrior Hero Clicks tanks. That's right. Look like those they'd be, be about the right size. Yeah, yeah, I think those would be perfect for that. I've got a bunch of stuff from for Grunts because that's another game that i really really like so that's and lord knows i got space dudes <laughs> coming no. out post apocalyptic space dudes everywhere so for the 28 millimeter one i think we're good but but expect to hear more about that because i did just order the books for uh horizon wars and horizon wars yep. zero dark and friday May 28th, so this may or may not be our, we may or may not have this posted at that point. So if we do have it posted before this, pay close attention. If we don't, just disregard it's already out. But the Infinite Dark book will be coming out Friday, May 28th as long as nothing has changed about that. That's yeah, that's at least yeah. what his blog says, what Roby's blog says. So that's pretty cool. And we're hoping to be able to talk to him about his cool new game of spaceships yep yep and then also we got uh josh over at zombie smith we might be talking about some more of their stuff uh yeah like you're really getting into uh what is it project ah yeah and, uh, which is what muppets in space we've mentioned that before <laughs> muppets and, in space man um, we dove into some of their other stuff so shield bash which okay. is basically muppet vikings yeah and then there's Shield Wall, which is just a, a different scale of the game. Shield Bash is 28 millimeter. I'm I don't recall. I think Shield Wall is 15 millimeter, larger scale combat. I'm not sure because on because to be honest, when I look at a game, if it's not 28 millimeter, I'm I'm usually not super invested in. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with just the sheer volume of terrain I've built yeah. over the years. It's all 28 millimeter. If I had started 15, I'd probably be, you know, the other way around. I'd be like, nah, I can't do that big stuff. I only build small <laughs> terrain. But but I didn't start there, so it's the other way around. And then, of course, the last thing, which I really, really like and I want to play desperately, but again, it's hard to get games in still right now. And I don't have a game store where I am, so that that makes it a little difficult too. But Quar, I love the World War One Ant Eaters. Yeah. They just they crack yeah. me up, dude. They absolutely crack me up. On on a different note, I did actually get to play a game today. What'd you play today? I got to play Core Space. Okay, and I I didn't technically lose all the way. If that makes sense, I, I mostly lost. Yeah, when you were telling me about what exactly happened, it was kind of like, well, I got listen. One guy got away, and you only need one guy to survive. My crew is still there. I just don't have a captain anymore. I, so, yeah, I think life, that qualifies. Somebody got a promotion, right? Life, well, that's right. Life's tough, man. Life's tough. <laughs> he, and he was he was already down. He got drugged back to the ship by the captain, and the captain was going back to try to drag my other guy back to the ship, and things just went downhill quickly oops <laughs> but guys those were just a little teasers for you guys of what we got going on and what we're 
looking into and kind of diving into. So stay tuned for hopefully more content of those games that we're looking into. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of cool indie stuff out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, guys, thanks for hanging out with us again for another episode. Don't forget, uh, if you're listening to this on Podbean, Go ahead and give us a follow over there. It helps out somehow, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I don't really know how it helps, but it helps out. But we are all over the place, too. So whatever your preferred podcast, listening station, app, profile, whatever it is, is we are probably on it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so check us out, download, and listen to some stuff. We've got pushing 200 episodes up now. So that's yep. pretty awesome. We we're pretty excited. We hit 5,000 downloads at almost our one year mark. So that was pretty exciting too. And while you're doing that, while you're downloading those episodes, you can also pop over to our Facebook page and you can follow us over there. You can pop over to our YouTube channel as well, where we post videos uh, off and on. We do our Wednesday nights and our Monday nights post over there weekly you yeah. can check us out over there. That's some cool stuff going on. Hobby hangouts, chats, and talking about cool games. Yeah, if you guys haven't tuned into shorts, make sure you're watching the Facebook channels and YouTube channels because we live stream straight to them. That's right. Every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, join us for Indie Invasion Shorts. You can also check us out over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Indie Invasion. All of our stuff's free over there, but if you feel like supporting us to buy us new headphones, because right now I'm sitting here <laughs> wearing my daughter's purple headphones. Purple because, headphones, yeah. We, we because, would appreciate the support. And, uh, you know, tell a friend, tell some, some buddies about the show, you know, to help spread the word. and Like and share. Yep, like and share. Keep the ball rolling on That's all the right, independent like and share. developers. That's right. If you know of any indie games out there, please let us know. We would love to talk to them. Check them out. Read through the rule books. Uh, we, I can't think of a bad game that we found. Um, the nice thing about the indie no. games is they give you a nice set of rules to run with and then you just start writing your own story and that's some of the best stuff that's what we love that's why we're indie invasion that's why we do what we do and until next time prepare yourself for the invasion bye Let me start my timer so it's easier for me to go. Okay, we are we are go. Go, 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 speed racer, go. All right, you ready? Yep. You All right. go for it. That one's going to make it in. I just know it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, time for the phantom dice. I got to make sure I stay up on the mic. The stuff I... Uh, edited already i sounded a little distant oh did you yeah i don't know if i had it far away or maybe the gain was turned down it's because you live live so far away from me that's why it was low (laughs) i was like (laughs) i sit right there telling you ma'am looks like like horizon wars he doesn't have them print anymore
Oh, don't say that. That just means well, I need to find one. He probably, probably still has the PDFs, I bet. But that is unacceptable. You know how to, you know how I can figure that out, don't you? Yeah, it says out of stock. No, 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 no. You know how to, you know how to fix that, right? Horizon Wars over the rise. Well, he's got it on War Game Vault. Horizon. Oh no, you can get it on there. Hardcover premium. How much? Uh, twenty-five bucks for the hardcover. Hardcover premium color book. Yeah. Coloring book. Oh, I love coloring books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the PDF is only like uh, thirteen something. Yeah. Hang, hang on. But I yeah, for look. a hardcover book, that ain't bad. No, that's not Horizon. Yeah, all this. I see. Zero Dark looks to be about twenty bucks. Zero Dark is. And then he's got the all the expansions. Skirmish. Hardcover premium. Yeah, that one's hardcover too. That one's twenty five on sale. Twenty five sixty two. Sale, sale, sale. Want to get some? Want to get some books? Read books. Got to read books. I think I'm going to take my um, Twilight book upstairs with me tonight. I really want to play some Twilight. Actually, I'm probably going to watch the Horizon Wars stuff since that's mm. more on the horizon right now. <laughs> did you hear what I did there? See what yeah. I did there? That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's pretty snazzy there, Maxter. I got to read tomorrow. I got to read. This is not a test for tomorrow night. Because we did get windy here and there, but well, we had the time. You know, people like our banter. That's what makes a good our, our show a good show. That's right. We're oh, not okay. we're not just reading facts, right, buddy? How's it going, buddy? Buddy. Hey, buddy. Buddy, buddy. He's creeping. I see him creeping back there. Uh, he ain't fooling nobody. He's drinking your paint water. You drinking my paint water, Nando? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs>